sexy mother. S to the S. Welcome to Prince Track by Track. Today we're going to be talking about Sexy MF uh, from the album which I'm choosing to call Love Symbol. Recorded in December 1991 at Paisley Park and released on the 30th of June 1992. This was the lead-off single for Prince's album that would later become his name. Uh, the track is 5 minutes 25 and on it you have Prince and the New Power Generation. Uh, you have Michael B, Sonny T, Levi, Tony M, Tommy Barbarella, Kirk in Johnson, Daniel Dixon... <laughs> and then you have the horns, you know, you have Michael B, Kathy Jensen, David Jensen, Brian Gallagher and Steve Strand. And you have the additional of uh, DJ Graves uh, doing some scratching, who was uh, was also uh, he would go on tour with Prince as well. So, yeah, this is the this is the first single from, you know, this album. Diamonds and Pearls have been you know a really big hit. Warner Brothers saw their opportunity to kind of milk all the. The kind of the, the singles that they could possibly get off Diamonds and Pearls. So they just kept on releasing singles. And the B-sides for this when it was released as a single were Daddy Pop and Strolling. Um, Strolling was actually a double A-side with this. Hmm. To give people the option of not having to play this song. Um, so joining me to talk about this today is Elliot Wallace. Hello, Elliot. Hey there, Darren. I, I hope you don't mind if I let people know where we're recording this. We're actually recording this in a villa on the, on the Riviera. Uh, if you don't know, that's the south side <laughs> of France, in case you care. <laughs> uh, yeah. And, <laughs> and uh, you know, the song, um, when it was played over here on the BBC, mm. um, you know, they Prince actually prepared an edit so they could play the song without it. Uh, you know, without having to play the explicit version and without having to play Strolling, you know, which was the double A side. Right. Uh, you know, and which was essentially really just an album track off the previous album. Um, and, you know, because of that, it managed to get to number four over here in the charts. Um, you know, uh, it also got to number four in the Netherlands, number five in Norway, six in New Zealand. Uh, eight in Switzerland, six in Austria, five in Australia, Belgium, it got to number 10, wow. France, number 19, um, uh, Germany, it got to 11, Sweden, it got to 13. And here's the thing, <laughs> Prince didn't let the US radio stations play the edited version. Mm. Uh, so it only got to number 66 on the Billboard Hot 100. Um, and uh, it only got to number 76 on the R&B and hip hop songs, wow, which is unusual because Prince tended to place higher on the specialty charts if he placed low on the Billboard Hot 100. That's weird. Um, it would be better if the track got to uh, number 69 on the uh, Billboard Hot 100. <laughs> just throwing that out there. It was just too successful, basically. Yeah. It was just too successful. It was it was issued in a number of different formats, including a symbol-shaped vinyl disc, which I can only imagine would have been a complete and total nightmare to play on any record player. Uh, and, of course, it was included on the hits too, which was the, the more explicit songs that Prince... Uh, put out obviously this possibly being the most explicit song um prince ever put out basically yeah I mean, by that time um and you know you have um i mean it's probably my favorite in terms of showcasing the band mm, absolutely. Um, because you know you have levi as prince says he says levi levi and then we get a guitar solo from levi uh, and then you have like uh, tommy barbarella playing some you know an organ solo and of course you know you have the kind of the horn section 
um, you know, where, where Prince does kind of call out to them. Uh, and I think it's fairly obvious that this song is basically, you know, a <laughs> it's a James Brown tribute, mm. you know, from top to bottom. You know, I don't think James Brown would have ever used this language. I don't, you know, <laughs> I don't think, you know, that, that he kind of would have. You know, I don't know if he got this explicit, basically, this many times so. in, this, in one song. Yeah. Um, you know, he st- even though James Brown was known for partying, he, st- he still did have a kind of, a, you know, a kind of church background. Yeah. You know? That's where he, he kind of started singing. So, you know, that was probably still in him a little later in life. Yeah. But yeah, we, we opened the song with <laughs> an exchange um, between, uh, I think it's Prince and Kirk, where he says, yo man, what she came where there. Oh, and, you know, that's where the song starts. That's also in the video. Right. Uh, it's worth saying that the video begins um, in the parking garage underneath Paisley Park, uh, an exotic filming location for the band, um, where they're <laughs> playing cards. Um, and, you know, Prince drives in in his Chiquita yellow car and he has, you know, the Game Boys flanking him. And, uh, you know, they kind of start throwing insults around. It's noticeable that nobody insults Prince at any point during this. Oh, yeah. They all know who's paying him. (laughs) Uh, You know, everyone knows where the money that they are gambling comes from. Um, And so no one says anything directly to Prince at any point. You know, there's a lot of kind of insults being thrown backwards and forwards between the different band members. Um, And... Uh, Troy Bayer, who was previously in um, a couple of videos for the previous album, uh, is the is the kind of the object that kind of catches Prince's eye. And he, you know, this is the song that he sings to kind of woo her, which <laughs> which is such an unusual direction for him to go in, you know, because obviously the title is how he refers to Troy Bayer. Yeah. You know, throughout the song. And as the song goes on in the video, you can see Prince, you know, taking uh, the woman as he as he says, you know, up to up to his bedroom and you know he, he he kind of the video is all about prince and this woman and it's funny because they're like in a hotel and they're like walking down a you know like a, a hotel corridor but prince is suspiciously tall um and you know true hangs hangs back a little bit maybe just for the 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 illusion of maybe making prince a little bit taller than he is uh, i think that's um, called know, some kind of camera tricks. tom cruising <laughs> yeah. i don't want to tip my hand too much but this is possibly you know my favorite song on this album mm. um and i and i just maybe because it was the lead single and it was kind of played everywhere and also there was a little kind of uh you know i don't know a, a kind of sousant of naughtiness because hearing the uncensored version you know that that was the because i bought this on single so you know i had i had the i had the uncensored version so i could hear what they wouldn't play on the radio oh. you know, it was too hot for the radio and so you know maybe there was there was that that kind of you know endeared it to me but yeah so you know uh prince's vocals are really kind of um i mean he's not singing falsetto but they're very, very kind of light. Then right. this, you know, the, it, you kind of really have to strain to hear what he's saying a lot of the time in this song. You know, they're very kind of delicate. The, you know, the the, the band are tight as they have, they've ever been. You know, oh yeah. Like, uh, particularly, particularly the horns. This is a this is a band that at this point have been kind of together for about two years, and so you know they clearly, um, you know, they clearly know what they're doing, and you know they they really kind of deliver in this song. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, and print. The, the drums uh, are always something that really kind of uh, intrigues me about this song. It's definitely a funk song in the vein of of, um, of James Brown. I always think there's a bit more of a jazz influence, too, especially in this song, especially with that guitar solo, because I don't really think of too many yeah. funk songs with guitar solos. And this one has something that kind of reminds me of uh, one of the uh, Marcellus brothers, who I can't remember which one plays guitar or if either of them play guitar or if I made that up. George Benson, that's a... 
guy who plays jazz guitar. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. um, but yeah, the the way that the drums are are working, where it's not one, it's it's not on the uh, the snare is not exactly on the two and the four. It, the snare comes just a little bit before the two. It, the way that just the drums are just really interesting, and I like how that kind of pushes the song and moves in and makes it just a really uh, unique kind of dance and funk song. That's what I really like about it. Cause it's like the, a, a step in the song that I really enjoy. And as well, the horns are constantly kind of like, um, very staccato and very kind of punctuating on the beat. Yeah. Um, so I'm trying to think of where they are on the beat, but I think they're on the, the one and the three, basically most of the time throughout the, and there, and that's from the start to finish, you know, like every single time you get to a one or a three, you've got a little kind of horn punctuation, uh, and then later on, you get a little bit of a kind of uh, the kind of, you know, the horns getting like a little bit of a fill. Um, yeah. But, you know, let's start at the beginning with in a word or two, it's you I want to do. No, not your budget, your mind, your fool. Come here, baby. Yeah. You sexy motherfucker. And, <laughs> and the thing is, as well, that Prince does go to the falsetto for the you sexy motherfucker. That's that's where he really kind of, you know, everything else is kind of quiet. But whenever he delivers that, it's always kind of you know he he cuts right through mm-hmm. and you know the music cuts out and he just delivers that line a cappella so you know they really put <laughs> they weren't hiding the title of the song no they really put the emphasis on it <laughs> you know and prince yeah he describes the scene we're all alone in the villa on the riviera at st france on the south side in case you cared out of all your friends i want to be the closest that's why i tell you things want to be the most when it comes to life to be this men's just wife. to let everyone know, we are we are still recording on the uh, Riviera. <laughs> Just to make sure everyone When knows. it comes to life, to be this man's wife, you've got to be well-educated in the subject of fights. I mean, the prevention of them. In other words, this Ariella meaning of this thing called love. Are you up on this? If so, you can get up off a hug and a kiss. Come here, baby. You sexy motherfucker. And, you know, yeah. I just, I love the fact that, you know... <laughs> He says, you've got to be well-educated on the subject of fights. And then he goes, I mean, the prevention of them. <laughs> you know, like, that kind of, like... <laughs> He's done this in a few songs where he kind of reverses like what he wants to actually say, you know. And when he spells, instead of just saying yeah. the real meaning of this thing, he says the arieri meaning of this thing. You know, he spells out the letters as he's going along. And, you know, it's just kind of such a, you know, the way he sings the verses are so kind of light. And then you get the contrast of the kind of chorus, uh, which is only, you know, come here, baby, mm. you sexy motherfucker. That's, the only, that's all that's in the chorus. There's nothing else. But the fact that it kind of, contrast against you know the kind of the lightness of the delivery in the verses is just so perfect you know and of course he says we need to talk about things tell me what you do tell me what you eat i might cook for you and i i would like the idea of prince like with an you know wearing an apron in the kitchen kind of cooking up a meal um you know that's where it conjures immediately i i i can't <laughs> i can't imagine him wearing an apron i i know that he wouldn't want anything burned but he's he's cooking shirtless it's just hard not to <laughs> I can't imagine him not doing that. Or, I, yeah, I mean, or, or wearing the kind of the yellow outfit that he wears, you know, when he's at the start of this song, song like head to toe in yellow with the kind of the high heels. Oh. And he says, you know, see, it really Maybe. don't matter about me and you. Ain't no one else around. I'm even with the blindfold gagged and bound. I don't mind. This ain't about sex. It's all about love being in charge of this life and the next. And then, of course, I love the delivery of, well, the cosmic talk. <laughs> It's it's just such a great line. Uh, I just want to smart, just want you smarter than we'll ever be when we take that walk. And of course, in the video, he does a little kind of finger walking <laughs> gesture, uh, and then he says, "Come here, baby, you sexy motherfucker." And of course, it's worth saying that he has like um, at this point he started walking not with a cane, but he has a cane as a kind of uh, you know accoutrement. 
uh, to his kind of outfits. And there's a lot of cane yeah. business in this video. There's a lot of times where he's sitting on the, the kind of the bonnet of his car with the cane. And uh, there's a few times where he slides down the bonnet of his car for some reason. Um, you know, and there's, there's kind of with him and the Game Boys, there's a lot of kind of dance moves that are clearly being coordinated. Oh, yeah. And, um, you know, there's a point where they kind of all go very, very low. Um, kind of following Prince down and then kind of come back up and you know it's just it's just beautiful such a such a fun yeah, thing yeah that's uh, that part of the video I mean just that interaction watching them dance and how it's kind of prepared I did enjoy that too it, it that really takes me back to late 80, late eighties early nineties kind of R and B some hip hop videos were doing that too a little bit of New Jack Swing though New Jack Swing I mean. Prince, he didn't like. Unlike Michael Jackson, he didn't really interact too much with like the New Jack Swing sound. He, I think, he did try to test out a bit of hip hop, and there is a rap in this song, yeah. so we oh, can we'll come back to, to that. that. Yeah. But yeah, but uh, but watching the video, that I think kind of brought me back to the the sense of the early nineties of, of of just like choreo- choreographed moves in uh, R and B and hip hop. It is almost like Prince and the Game Boys are like their own little kind of boy band in the middle of this video yeah uh, there is that feel to it yeah um and you know this is where prince says horn stand please um and this is where we get the kind of the horn not really a solo but you know kind of uh you know there's a little bit more of kind of the saxophone coming through um and prince of course he, he expresses the desire where he says i like it i like it and that's that's one of my favorite moments in the like song it, i like yeah. it um uh, uh, very beat kind of way <laughs> yeah um and then He's snapping along when he says that. Feel <laughs> yeah. that. And the horns kind of keep going a little bit as uh, Prince says, you know, you seem perplexed. I haven't taken you yet. Can't you see I'm harder than a man can get? you got wet dreams coming out of years. I get hard if the wind blows your cologne near me. But I can take it because I want the whole nine. This ain't about the body. It's about the mind. Come here, baby. You sexy motherfucker. And I just, I mean, <laughs> Prince kind of, obviously, you know, the title of the song is explicit, but that entire thing about I'm harder than a man can get, you know, this is this is about as explicit as Prince has got since like Darling Nikki, um, you know, in yeah. terms of like describe. I mean, the fact that he says you got wet dreams coming out your coming out of my ears, that's not a pleasant image, I don't think. Um, no. <laughs> uh, but yeah. No. Every time I, I'd hear that lyric, I just kind of gloss over it and just like, oh, that's weird. Yeah. But still, yes. <laughs> and then we get a solo from Tommy Barbarella, which Prince introduces by saying Tommy Barbarella in the house. In the house. And then as as Tommy yeah. kind of solos, he says, scrub the dishes. But he delivers it in a really odd way that makes it hard to actually figure out what he's saying. Um, and then he says, you know, come here, Tommy. Yeah. Um, and then he as as the kind of organ solo finishes, he says, sexy, 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 sexy. <laughs> um, and then mm. he kind of prompts Levi. Um, you know, and this is where we get that. I mean, it's a wonderful guitar solo. Like you said, it does a little bit kind of George Benson-y. It is kind of like a very smooth jazz uh, kind of solo. Yeah. Uh, and Levi, you know, obviously he started as a bassist for Prince and then he's moved over to play lead guitar. So, you know, he's, he's a very kind of skilled musician, you know, and we get the little comment, which is, oh man, let's give him some more good shit. <laughs> uh, which I, you know, I just kind of love. Um, and then once again, Prince says, I like it, I like it. Um, and then we get mm. to what is possibly my favorite part of this entire song, which is kind of kind of the yeah. outro, uh, yeah. where we get the sexy motherfucker shaking that ass, shaking that ass, shaking that ass, <laughs> shaking that ass. <laughs> and sexy motherfucker shaking it's that ass. It's fun to say out loud, shaking too. that ass, shaking that ass. Yeah, like the, the whole band kind of like singing along to it 
you know, you really get the, the kind of the impression that when they're in the studio, kind of all of them were around a microphone just kind of singing that. Um, and then what you also yeah. get is you get this kind of weird jazzy version of it that Prince kind of sings as the rap goes on, where he starts going sexy, well, the fuck is shaking that ass? Oh, Instead yeah. of just singing it straight. Shaking and that, that kind of just keeps going ass. underneath the rap, yeah. Uh, and then we get to Tony M., uh, co- co- one of the co-writers on this song, uh, along with uh, Levi, uh, they they both got co-writing credits on the song. Something that you know Tony M gets a, a few co-writing credits uh, on on these kind of two MPG albums. Uh, <laughs> we get to Tony M's rap, uh, which I quite enjoy, um, simply because it, it expresses some extremely odd kind of things. Where he says, uh, "Guard your folks and get your daughter. The sexy motherfucker's so fine, I I drink her bath water. Um, bath water. Uh, yeah, a long leggy five foot eight pack and ass are tight so." Passing an, packing an ass. This this shows that Tony M is a better rapper than I am. Uh, packing an ass as tight <laughs> as a grape. I want to spit some game. Grape. <laughs> but I, but I just said to myself, hmm, just conversate. Which is, uh, and he goes, because I'm usually quite the calm one. Never found me out prowling, boy. I'm just having some fun. Uh, but I'm happy to change my state of mind for this behind. I bet if you threw that ass in the air, it would turn into sunshine. Turn into sunshine, yeah. and then we get, which I think is maybe the best uh, compliment one could get because they usually call it mooning. Yeah, think about that. Yeah, so you know, yeah, if, you, if you throw this ass into the air, it will turn into sunshine. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a glory. It's such a glorious ass. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then uh, you know, at that point, we get back to sexy mother. That would be shaking that ass for one. And the thing is, you know, you get, you get back to the shaking that ass, shaking that ass. But, you know, over the top of that, Tony M, you know, he delivers the final part of his rap where he says, that would make shaking that ass for one sexy motherfucker shaking this place. And I, I mean, it's kind of delivered very kind of like lightly underneath the kind of sexy motherfucker shaking that ass. And then my favorite part of this, which is the, the stop starts with the horns, where the song kind of builds up. And then yeah. we get the bump, 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 and then we get Michael B with on, you know, with the rim shot, and then they're back in, <laughs> and then they start going, "Sexy motherfucker, sexy motherfucker." The ride on the on the drum to just kind of pushing yeah, it along. Yeah, and it just too. keeps going, "Sexy motherfucker, sexy motherfucker," just over and over again, "Sexy motherfucker, sexy motherfucker," and then you know, once it it, it goes once more for a stop. And then you think it's done, and then it comes back in with Prince going, you sexy motherfucker, and then they just kind of come back in with it, like, one last time. Um, and I just I just love that. I love the kind of the stop, and then, you know, the kind of coming back in, and, you know, the horns go a bit crazy, and like you say, the drum is really kind of pushing it on, and uh, and then, you know, we just kind of finish with, um, <laughs> with Prince singing sexy motherfucker, and that's the end of the song. Um, mm. But, yeah, I mean, it's... The thing is, as well, is like as a as a lead single. Bearing in mind at this particular point, Prince had signed, you know, a new record deal, <laughs> which was worth a hundred million. This is the lead single for a one hundred million dollar uh, record deal. <laughs> like, I don't know anyone else who could have like thought to themselves, "Yeah, I've just recorded a song called Sexy Motherfucker. That's going to be our first single." Like, you know, I don't I don't know any other artist in the early nineties who would have been that daring. Um, on a major label. I mean, it, this was with Warner again, yeah. right? He, he, he re-signed the deal with Warner. So, I mean, when you had Darling Nikki, when you had all the other stuff in the background, you kind of know he's just going to do... And especially when he did um, Love Sexy, just the way he did with uh, the Black Album and then throwing that away and then putting out uh, Love Sexy. So, I don't know if... It, like, I guess maybe it's like maybe it's too explicit, 
But I think they were probably more concerned about how it, they, it wasn't going to be pushed in America the same way that it was being pushed around the rest of the world. But just the fact that it was sexy motherfucker, it's like, well, yeah, of course Prince would write that. <laughs> so let's just try to make it as clean as possible for the radio. And then we'll see what happens. Otherwise, yeah, you know, it's Prince. Over here, it was released as a VHS, just this, this one single. And, um, and I bought that VHS. Uh, the same day that I bought Get Off on VHS and uh, and <clears throat> Purple Rain and uh, Graffiti Bridge on a on a double both on the same tape on a double VHS back to back I know um, so and and this video it has um, it has Sexy MF uh, on the VHS and then after it it has an advert for the Symbol album uh, which features little snippets from uh, Continental and the Max and um sacrifice of victor like there's there's a few little songs that you get snippets of uh none of which were released as singles so you know and and right. then um you had an advert for carmen electra's um first for her debut album uh which advertised itself by saying to hear her sing is to come a thousand times um oh. so <laughs> yeah so you know and the thing is <sighs> like obviously now that the video is on youtube everyone everyone can like watch the video but i just remember watching you know the get off vhs over and over and over and watching the sexy mf vhs as well over and over and over just watching like that video and just kind of you know the whole song it's just so much fun and the video is kind of you know, kind of, uh, even though it's just, you know, it's shot in the parking garage at Paisley Park, there's still a kind yeah. of camaraderie and, you know, there's a bit of a kind of, you know, the coordination between Prince and everyone dancing and, you know, it just, it, it just such a it kind of, it really gets across kind of the, the kind of the fun side of this song, you know, and I think, yeah, it, and absolutely. I think it's worth saying, this is not like a serious song, you know, this is Prince being a little no. bit silly and, you know, obviously the title's explicit, but it's not kind of, it's not a bad thing, you know. The fact that he's constantly referring to this lady as a sexy motherfucker—that's, you know, that's this. This is not a bad thing that Prince is doing. This is him like really having fun and kind of, you know, getting really playful. Um, and you know, particularly, you know, the fact that the rest of the band are kind of so involved in it. Uh, you know, this is this is yeah. the point where I really enjoyed Prince with the MPG because I think they kind of changed his perspective a little bit and kind of pointed him in a different direction. Um, you know, obviously. You know, you just mentioned the Black Album, Love Sexy. Uh, but, you know, Black Album, Love Sexy, Batman, Sign of the Times. You're talking about a period there where Prince was making a lot of songs by himself. Um, and some of those songs mm. were great. Um, you know, there's some masterpieces in those albums. But um, it kind of felt a little bit by the time you reached Graffiti Bridge that Prince was, you know, particularly as Graffiti Bridge is, you know, basically 10 old songs that Prince just threw together on, on an album. You feel like Prince is kind of running out of material, maybe. Yeah. I mean, not really, because obviously the Vault has probably got a thousand songs yeah. from the 80s in there. But it certainly felt from a commercial point of view that he was kind of reaching the end of whatever had spurred him on through the 80s. And then introducing the, 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 the you know, the MPG, um, you know, in Graffiti Bridge, although obviously most of the band aren't in Graffiti Bridge. But then with, with Diamonds and Pearls and then further on this album, it does feel like they've kind of given him a kind of yeah. more creative juices and he's kind of really firing on all cylinders. Um, and this is kind of one of those songs where it yeah. really feels like Prince has kind of got his muse back and he kind of knows what he wants to do. Um, and, you know, it doesn't feel like he's pulling stuff out of the vault and kind of re-recording a little bit and calling that an album. And that's that's something that really yeah. comes through to me. So Yeah, so the, yes, this was yeah. a, a part of a new set of songs? Yeah, yeah. When, when he started with the MPG, well, he, he pretty okay. much... Um, there was nothing that was released on Diamonds and Pearls that was that was older than 
late 1989 you know whereas obviously on graffiti bridge there was mm. tracks from 1982 and 1983 that were on that album so you know this is the point at which he kind of started kind of stockpiling more songs again basically um you know and obviously it's worth mentioning as well you know like yeah 13 tracks on the previous album 16 tracks on this one um you know he this is when prince started to put out longer albums you know um, he'd done that with Sign of the Times, but, you know, then he'd done like three albums in a row that only had like eight tracks on or something. So, you know, he'd really, this is where he's really started to put out longer albums and kind of, um, you know, had, I mean, this album itself is meant to have a storyline running through it, but it doesn't feel completely cohesive to me. Um, you know, if you start with My Name is Prince and you finish with Sacrifice right. of Victor, they don't really feel like part of the same narrative. I, I was going to comment on um, just just like uh, how long these uh, albums are, because I, I did notice that, too, with um, Diamonds and Pearls. It, it was like uh, it was it was like an hour and four minutes as a total album, but it was still a bit longer than his other records. And it felt like in the early 90s, especially legacy artists, or like huge artists who were big in the eighties, especially needed to use up every ounce of a CD. <laughs> um, the, the one that comes to mind and I've been com- comparing Prince a lot to you know, Michael Jackson, but that's just can't be helped. But like dangerous when that came out, that, that I think, I feel like that is like a, um, uh, overstuffed album. That's like, at least I think that I feel like that's at least 79 minutes. I think that's like an entire CD. Yeah. I have yeah. to look at that again, but those those are always kind of overstuffed. But that, but when I look at that too, that's just like oh, there's so much here, and it's kind of hit and miss. But that's when I kind of run into those early album, like those early '90s albums yeah. with a new technology. Let's use everything. There is a little bit of that, but at the same time, it, it also feels like Prince is overflowing mm-hmm. with ideas. Um, that's a feeling. That's a feeling that oh, I sure. get in the early yeah. '90s with Prince. Is like he has so many ideas and. Obviously, that would end up being the downfall between him and Warner Brothers is he really wanted to just keep pumping out songs and Warner Brothers wanted him to go on tours and promote stuff. And, you know, obviously, you know, that was a conflict that kind of ended in a very specific manner. Um, but, yeah, so, you know, it, it just feels mm. like Prince is is really kind of re-energized um, with Diamonds and Pearls. And that kind of continues yeah. here. And this song, you know, shouldn't really need to say it, but five out of five, six out of five from me, because it's just such yeah, a great song. Five. I mean, you know, it's it's. You know, it's it's doing a song in a certain style, but then it's kind of adding something to it. You know, this is obviously, you know, a tribute to kind of like a James Brown type song. But, you know, the horns are kind of tighter than, you know, you would you really expect. And, you know, the guitar stuff is kind of got a jazz influence. And, you know, there's the kind of stop start. Mm. And particularly in the video, when Prince gets to the final time of coming back in with You Sexy Motherfucker, he's got his guitar, you know, he's got his um, his gun-shaped microphone, like, between his legs. And he's kind of, like, yeah. pointing it up as everyone else is kind of, like, dancing around him. And it's just, you know, it's just perfect. Like, it's yeah, and, you know, the fact that he's dressed kind of, like, head to toe in yellow. And he still pulls it off, you know, it's, it's like, you know, I've, at this yeah. point, I feel like Prince, you know, could do no wrong for me. You know, like this is, you know, I know how people say like they have their, you know, their James Bond or, you know, they have their, you know, Doctor Who or whatever. Um, and for me, this is my Prince, you know, like Prince and New Power Generation, you know, starting from like 1990 through to about, let's say, 96. That's the Prince that, you know, that, that mm. I was the fan of. And, you know, the kind of not that I, I'm not not that I wasn't yeah. a fan after 96, uh, but, you know, this is the point where Prince had like this huge kind of he was kind of having a little resurgence. And, you know, it's just great to be a Prince fan at this time. Yeah. There's so much stuff coming out and it just felt like, you know, for me, it felt like Prince was making all this stuff 
for me because I had just gone into Prince and suddenly there were all these albums to buy. And, yeah. you know, it's just such a great time for me, the early 90s, you know, just being a Prince fan. And and you are a, a sexy motherfucker, too. Uh, <laughs> throw that out there. Uh, um, yeah, I definitely give a uh, five out of five, too. Yeah. I'm just like, I'm just kind of, I want to kind of just make that kind of rhythm again because I find it so fascinating that it's not the simple one and two. It's not a very easy kind of James Brown kind of funk song. Cause we also did housequake too, which I think I was saying yeah. was really related to that funk sound from the late sixties, early seventies. But I think this is a lot more organic of a sound too, where it's a little less yeah. uh, pushed by a Lynn drum. It's by like a real drummer too. Yeah. So that's uh and that is something you can't underestimate, you know, like the, the importance of having kind of Michael B there kind of playing along and, you know, having the kind of horn stabs from like actual horns rather than like a synthesizer. Yeah. And, you know, having having an actual saxophone solo from a saxophonist, like the whole the whole thing is is just, you know, um it's just so kind of um it's so kind of perfect. Just like it's it's not like a parody of anything, but it you know, it, it could veer into that if if Prince wasn't careful. Um, but he keeps it just the right side and just kind of, you know, makes it kind of a perfect kind of encapsulation of, of the, the kind of the type of song that would be, you know, done by James Brown in the kind of 70s or something. Yeah. You know, he really kind of he, he it's like he knows what he wants it to sound like and he kind of pitches it exactly perfectly. Um, but yeah, no, just one. of I mean, one of my favorite Prince songs um, of all time, like easily one of my top kind of 10, at least, uh, if not top five. Yeah, um, absolutely. So, yeah, yeah, definitely. I top mean, five. obviously, due to <laughs> due to the the title, uh, I don't think there have been kind of any significant cover versions. Um, though, you know, Bruno Mars and Ween have been known to do it live. Actually, I I found this that uh, Dave Matthews Band yeah. would do the rhythm. Yeah, no, I was just going to say. Although, obviously, Dave Matthews Band they kind of would take the sexy motherfucker shaking that ass, and they would kind of add that to uh, a song called Jimmy Thing, which I've never heard myself. Me neither. So yeah, it's Dave Matthews Band kind of are the only ones who really kind of take a part of it and turn it into something else. Um, but yeah, there have been other people who've kind of covered it live, but. You know, most of those kind of covers tended to come after Prince's death, so, so yeah. I don't, I don't generally count those. But yeah, I mean, I think just due to the nature of the song, unlikely that anyone was ever going to be able to like cover it, like you know, Tom Jones and the Art of Noise or something. It's just never going to be. Uh, now, of course, I don't want to hear that version. Although I would want to hear that version, like just to hear Tom Jones attempt to do a version of this would just be quite funny to me. Mm. Um, so now I've put that in my own head. Um, so anyway, I feel like we've said about as much as can be said about sexy MF. Uh, so let's go to plugs. Uh, sure, yeah. You can find me. I am on Twitter at uh, E.H. Wallace. You can also find me on my weight loss journey on uh, Instagram at T-H-E-E-L-L-I-O-T-T-W-A-L-L-A-C-E, The Elliot Wallace. You can find us on Facebook at Prince Track by Track, or you can follow us on Twitter at Prince Podcast, or you can email us, not sure why you would, at PrinceTrackByTrack at gmail.com. Thanks once more for being my guest, Elliot. Oh, thank you very much. I just want to thank all the other sexy motherfuckers who listened to today's show. <laughs> and otherwise, keep shaking that ass. Shaking that ass. Yeah.